of leaving that one up to us. <laughs> For us to say nothing's going to do it, right? I mean, I know he, he said it, but he, he's leaving it up to us to agree with the nothing, right? Right. Amen. Nothing's going to separate the Lord Jesus. Nothing. I know on your behalf, you're not going to do it. On my behalf, I'm determined to hold out to the end. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Testimonies. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Sister Esther kicked it off. Why don't we go with it? Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Testify. Amen. I'm just grateful that the warm weather's finally here and uh, it's more comfortable. <laughs> that's, that's, it's always a good thing in New England. Amen. Praise God. Just until the mosquitoes start coming out. God bless the mosquitoes. They need a meal too. So, testify. I want to thank the Lord for uh, putting in our hearts to continue praying for Winsocket. And that young man woman that we met, that we simply walked by, has been on my heart all week again. And I thank the Lord that he's given me somebody to pray for that seemed to be really needful. Mm -hmm. I mean, he or she, I couldn't tell the difference. Amber said it was a lady. It's the way she was dressed. I just, you know, she's just dressed in black, and uh, I want to pray for that for that lady that that blackness, you know, goes away, mm -hmm. and that her eyes be open. And I've been praying for Winsocket. I like I saw the other night. I saw a chain around Winsocket, but that we break that chain, and that we have that light come upon the people of Winsocket to open their eyes and their hearts to receive the Lord. They had so many Catholic churches in that area <coughs> years ago, not anymore. But there's an older generation there that knew God. This younger generation does not. They don't even know who God is. So I pray <coughs> that their eyes be open, that they need God. Mm -hmm. They don't need government. They need God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. As often as the Lord lays it on your hearts. Mm -hmm. Go take a walk through one socket. Right. I was out there at one of those old, beautiful churches. As I was standing out there just looking at it, the Lord led me to that church. An older gentleman walked by. The church is closed down. Can't even get in. He walked by. by he leaned down on one of the posts outside of it. And he, I could see he's doing his motions of prayer. And he just stayed there and prayed for a few minutes. I was like, praise God. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like that. And I, I'm here at this moment and this time looking for souls, and there's one right in front of me going by. We'll pray at an empty church because he doesn't know anything else to do. Mm -hmm. God. Met another man outside the same building. You know, there's people out there mm -hmm. that want more than what they have. If their church is shut down, they don't, they don't know. I mean, the other guy I met literally said, oh, there's a church I can go to. Well, Harvest was a stone throws up the street, you know, but Harvest is closed down, mm -hmm. you know. If you don't know what Harvest is, don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's an evangelical church that was the right spot of Woonsocket a few years back. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, there's a church I can go to. Of course, he's not here today. It's all right. He knows there's a church that he can go to that's still, still open, still operating, still functioning. Yeah. yeah. Just, I'm just backing Sister Olan up. You feel led? As often as you do, go take a walk. Put boots on the ground and sock it. Amen? Amen. 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 
Let's win, let's win that city. And bring some chain breaker angels with you. Amen. Well, that's up to God to do that. Ask God to send them. That's right. That's up to you to pray. Amen. Right. Praise God. If there's a chain around one saga, we need to get some uh, engineers out there. We need to get some guys with some, I don't know, some diamond cutters. I, I, you know, and start breaking these chains down. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord God, for winning souls. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Yes, Thank you, Jesus. In my neighborhood. Hallelujah. In our neighborhoods, up and down these streets. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just praise God for a minute. Hallelujah, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God. No matter where it is. Hallelujah. From the coast. Hallelujah, all the way out into the Hallelujah. interior, Lord God. It doesn't matter, Lord God, as long as you're getting the glory, as long as you're getting the honor, Lord God, as long as your kingdom and your name is being glorified, oh God, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. God is good. Amen. God is good. Testify. Testify. Amen. Brother Roberts, you look like you're itching back there. You got something to say? <laughs> uh, and after you, bro uh, Brother Chris. Can I share something more? Absolutely. Um, this is uh, something that's been like weighing on my heart as of, you know, Sister Roland was speaking about souls and everything else. and. There is a double a time, uh, a double portion. I, the Lord showed me a couple of years ago, prophetically speaking, there's coming a time of double portion. It started with the um, the seventh day where Israel was gathering manna. They were allowed on the seventh day, or approaching the sixth day, going into the seventh, of gathering a double portion. They were allowed that. It wasn't something that they had to go beg for. They were giving it. Mm -hmm. That's right. I listened to men all the way across uh, from Winter Fire and even preceding that. Suddenly now everyone is speaking about a double portion coming. Mm -hmm. It isn't something like I say they don't have to labor. It's there if we enter in and we reach for it. Mm -hmm. I believe there's a day that's upon us right now. We have that accessibility. It's a window of opportunity. It's something that it isn't on the ground or whatever accessible because it's something there just to, for your own entertainment or pleasure, you will need it somewhere coming up. There has to be a transformation of heart, soul, mind, and spirit. I was reading the other day, I was studying out something that I thought I was gonna study and I was backtracking through the Gospels, and all of a sudden my eyes, uh, a scripture I had read on a million times before, if you will. Uh, that was John, St. John 13th chapter, uh, verse 23. It says, Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. And sometimes we read scripture, and it becomes repetition can kill things mm -hmm. until, like Pastor said, you read backwards and you read everything in context across the entire chapter. Mm -hmm. We know John, we know him as, you know, somewhat John the Beloved, and there's all kinds of references of all the apostles and everybody else that was in the, the Word of God. Anyone could have been in that spot. 
Peter is the most renowned, along with John, next to Jesus, of, you know, two names that are well mentioned. And all these different things can be associated with each and every one. But at that last meal, where the Lord, where they were breaking bread, Jesus began to wash the disciples' feet. Peter's reaction is recorded. The expression, the sight of the on those other apostles at, their, at that time, nothing is mentioned. There's a dead silence. Sometimes silence can speak and scream louder than words. This is something that could take like a long time to break down, but I'm just going to chop it down to a couple of minutes. Something took place that night within the context of what was being done. It says that they sung a hymn, which would have been a psalm, and Jesus was ministering. Everything was always outward, always outward. That night, it was inward. He was ministering to his disciples. It was not like an automatic car wash where he was just buff shining each and every one's feet. Something was taking place. Paul, Peter was noted for saying, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And everybody remembers that. They also remember the rebuke that followed where he was humiliated somewhat. Something took place in the silence of that night where he was ministering to John and washing his feet, I believe praying, speaking over each and every one of them. He got a revelation that was more powerful than anything else. It was of the love of God. Sometimes some things are transferred in the spirit. There is no word spoken. It is done. But the evidence follows with everything of John's life from there afterwards. Love, love, love. I believe the Lord transferred in a moment of time something into his heart, his soul, mind, and spirit where he grasped something. John's shy. He doesn't mention his name in a whole lot of areas. That disciple whom the Lord loved, that disciple that was in the temple that night that was known to the high priest. In the beginning of the book of John, talked about two disciples. He doesn't mention his name. And like I say, it doesn't mention perhaps the tears that were coming down his face. It doesn't mention his expression, revelation, or anything. I believe there is a day, a time that is upon us. If we will earnestly desire, we'll look in the word. There is going to be revelation that is going to strengthen us, build us up, bring us into a place in the Lord where he desires us to be. But long story short, when, excuse me, when John laid his head upon Jesus' bosom, it wasn't a random act. It wasn't that suddenly, all of a sudden, John was elevated to a place where, hey, he's leaning his head upon the Lord's bosom. It came through a revelation. It came through something, through a consecration, where the Lord said, I'm going to give you a revelation. All these other things, I'm giving you something far greater. And that's what I was looking at, my own heart and soul and life. I want a revelation of God's love. Something, yes. a transference. Yes. It is yes. A, people can lay hands on you all day long, sprinkle oil all over you. You can read the word verbatim and through familiarity. Oh, I can quote this, I can quote that, I can quote this. There are things in the spirit that I believe this church worldwide, in a moment of time, God can breathe in revelation of things of who he is on a dimension we have not known ever before. And like I say, it isn't always laying on of hands. Sometimes in the privacy of your own prayer at home, it's in your walk in general. It's not something where you go in and you try and chase the wind. I believe Brother Mark says for chasing leaves. 
is somewhere in the privacy of your walk, the depth of your heart, that God breathes into you. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't go out you know, and work super hard for the double portion, but he says, it's my good pleasure. I love you is something in the fruition of fullness of time that it is time and God breathes into us. Yes. And I was thinking there's things that we don't know. And I believe it was also a spade by Brother Mark Fourth. If you don't know something, you're not going to ask for it. You have to want to say, Lord, reveal to me these things, things that I don't know. Yeah. And once you see it, then I want it. Then I'm going to run forward and I'm going to grasp it. Yes. Then there's a provision of strength. Then there's a calling. There is a reaching. And it isn't something we sustain by ourselves, by our own merits, our own efforts. That's right. You look at the Lord and say, it is your grace. We're talking about the love of God, the grace and the blood. And we realize it wasn't me all along. It was your grace. It is like, I want to run to you. I want to be your presence. I want to be where you are because you are my sustainer. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Jesus. God, you know, I, I believe, I believe we don't have to work for that double portion on the sixth day. I think all we have to do is get up our, up our pallet, right? <laughs> We're not going to do any work. We just got to get up and get out there and start gathering. Praise God. Amen. We don't have to work for the uh, the amount. We just have to get out there and get it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Stir up that gift that is already in us. Amen. Some things that have been laid hands upon us, but we later have to stir it up until it becomes real. Just us and Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Brother Robert. Brother Chris, looked like you were going to stand a minute ago, or did you scratch your beard? Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Wonderful to be in the house of God. Yes, amen. To give glory and honor unto my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Honor unto our pastor, ministry here. Um, I want to thank God for vision, for faith, and for the family that helps to back that up. Not just my family. I'm talking about God's family. I've been, I've been thinking a lot, and it's Sister Roland's testimony just reminded me of this one. Without that vision, without that faith, and without that backup, we can't actually complete what God has for us. Mm -hmm. The first commandment is love God. Mm -hmm. The second commandment, love thy neighbor as thyself. Yes. I don't know about you all, but that's impossible to do without the Holy Ghost. Because mm -hmm. yeah. most people, I can't stand them. <laughs> and I'm just being honest. I mean, most when, when you start to really deal with people and you start to understand their mess and, and you, you pour in and, you know, Pastor Marcus, you were, uh, you were talking with Dave and I about this. Um, Anybody involved in any type of ministry, and we're all called to be ministers, have, have dealt with this where you pour into people because you have an honest desire for them to know God and to love God. And that can sometimes just seem like it all falls apart. They're, 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 they're disinterested or it feels as though you're casting your pearls before swine. 
And that's why I want to thank God for that vision, the increased faith, and then the family that helps to back that up. Because when we come into a place like this and we have the opportunity to, to give a testimony or to hear a testimony, it helps to drive us forward. The life of a Christian is to be a life of self-sacrifice and service to others. We live in a culture in a day and age where it's just about self. It's not about serving others. It's about serving yourself. And I want to thank the Lord for that vision of where he has for us to go, where he has for me to go. And I can come into a place like this and I can I can hear the word of God from Pastor or Brother Roberts or Brother Dave or Sister Esther to just stand up and give a testimony. And that's encouragement yes. to me to keep going because when I look at the mess that's out there, I don't want to deal with that. That's right. I don't want to invest in that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. But investing in those people that don't know God, that's sowing into the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And that's what God tells us to sow into. Mm -hmm. And too oh, often, yeah. even as Christians, we want to sow into making our lives comfortable. Mm -hmm. And if the past couple of years have taught us, should have taught us anything, it's that we're not guaranteed comfort. Mm -hmm. We're not guaranteed because we're Christians, we're going to live a nice, comfortable, easy life, and everything's going to be peaches and cream. Mm -hmm. It's That's a right. life of self-sacrifice, right. yes. dedication unto God, yes. and there's certain there's a fruit of the spirit that's long-suffering. Yeah. And the funny thing about that, this was the other thing that, that the Lord just reminded me of. When you learn long-suffering, when long-suffering is, is has become fruit that is being produced in your life, is it really suffering long at that point? Because if you can truly accept, Lord, if this is where you have me, mm. at that point I believe you're no longer suffering. Mm. Kind of a paradox. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. But I thank the Lord for that vision. I thank the Lord for the faith that He's given me, and I thank the Lord for helping me bo be born into this family, to be adopted and to be grafted in. Thank you, Jesus. Because I may be a branch, but without the vine, I'm nothing. Yes. And I can't receive the strength and and those things that I need from the people around me, I'm not going to be able to produce the fruit that God has for me to produce. Amen. So I just thank the Lord for that. And thank the Lord for you all this morning. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I agree. I agree with that. Amen. At, at one point, and uh, last Thursday night, I came down here long enough to smack the few people that were here. And then I dropped the mic and I walked out, just like a rock star. No, yeah. uh, but uh, the word was from the Lord. The Lord uh, sent me downstairs to give a word, and that's what I did. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know what? It was about that suffering, you know. And what the Lord impressed upon me was, it really isn't suffering until you let it be suffering. In other words, when it comes into the allowance stage. When you embrace it and say, I allow this, not really suffering anymore because it's now your choice instead of being inflicted upon you. Right. I will walk in it with thanksgiving. I will walk in it with joy and rejoicing. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Brother Chris. Let's just praise the Lord here for a minute. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God in that. 
those ideas in no way, in no way take away from the revelation of God's love. It, do, it doesn't abuse that revelation one bit because it's both coming from God. Hallelujah. I'd rather suffer for Christ than suffer because of my own stupidity. Praise God. Somebody testify. You know me, I could preach for an hour. Somebody testify. Praise God. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, since it's April and it's National Donate Life Month, my early birth and everything I've been through brought me to many medical challenges and many uh, beating downs by social ends through my life, but brought me to here and uh, walking the donation world and allowed me to great, be great people. And that, we thank you very much. Amen. Really Amen. 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 Allowed you to be introduced to a bigger God than you ever yes. knew. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wash away all your sins in the name of Jesus yes. and fill you with the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. I'm just testifying for you, brother. Praise <laughs> God. I, I was there the night he filled you with the Holy Ghost. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Somebody, that's a good testimony. Somebody testify. Amen. Praise you, Jesus. I feel some stirring over on this side of the room. Feeling a little heat coming off of Brother Tim. That's pretty good. Please help me to exercise that Anyhow, um, few few days ago, um, I had uh, been asking, or Amber, you, you, this was during the day that you you were sick. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to talk to you, you know, that day, but I found out. So I was planning on coming to church and talking to you afterwards, right? Um, because I was going through something at work, um, and uh, so I even asked for prayer. Like when I was in the world before I knew the Lord, um, been taught all kinds of different. You know, um, I used to be scared to fight and stuff when I was a kid, mm. partially because I knew her, mm -hmm. the relationship, you know, and um, fear of the unknown, mm -hmm. different, you know, consequences and things like that. And, um, you know, then you get older, you see fights and, you know, you got gangs and stuff. And, um, <coughs> but, uh, so and then, the, the, for me, I got I got bullied and stuff, and so. Um, but there came a time, there came a time when I was in prison, that one time, I saw this guy messing with a, an older guy, picking on him, and something just snapped in me, and anyhow, I got an altercation, and. Um, consequences of that he ended up you know he got hurt you know and um, but but and I prayed God please spare my life because I knew something's gonna happen and sure enough you know the, the, the gang members of his um, I didn't even realize you know he was Hispanic and um, it had nothing to do with race you know it was just I didn't know the politics and it's real it's kind of racially 
And uh, so a, f a whole bunch of gang members, um, I was let in, I was lied to. They, they said it was just going to be two people from the whites, two people from the Hispanics that were going to quote unquote just kind of teach me a lesson, you know, like basically just, and this is going somewhere. I'm not trying to scare anybody, but anyhow, so it turned out. They told the other guys from the, the, the whites, said, leave, and it just they just kept coming. And, it, and this was in a blind spot, in, in the, uh, and this was in jail. Um, but uh, and they just kept coming. And they were just beaten down and beaten down and beaten down. And um, I heard later on that somebody actually pulled out a knife and started stabbing me, and. Um, that the uh, their head guy pushed him out of the way and said, no, let him. He came in here like this, you know, let's give him respect, you know, that he came in here, you know, knew when he was gonna, it, 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 I know, I know now, God showed me later, God showed me a lot of things later after the fact, after he saved me, you know, um, that I had him push the other guy out of the way mm. to keep you from getting yes, stabbed, you know, I'm the one who enabled you to walk away from that, not to be all puffed up like I'm tough, you know, but just, you know, walk away from that, they even told me, go back to your bunk, you're making us look bad, you know, like, we're not tough enough to beat you up to the place where, you know, you shouldn't be walking out of this, mm. and I wasn't trying to act tough, you know, I just, um, but anyhow, I had prayed before that, believe it or not. It's crazy, you know. Wasn't even like going to church. I, I prayed, God, you know, save my life. I must have not watched too much mafia movies to, to go to the police, you know, to not go to the police. I said, I can't. I even told him, I said, I can't go to the police. But please, save my life, you know. I've been taught a lot of weird things about, you know, you don't ever say nothing, you know. You, you know, um, you know. If somebody disrespects you, you automatically handle it, or you handle it that day, or whatever. Um, and the worse, the deeper you go in, the more the more damage you got to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's just the devil's, mm -hmm. you know, traps. And and um, right. so all of that, I, you sometimes the enemy tries to shout those things at me. So so dealing with somebody at work. Um, you know, when they start getting like violent, you know, start like the active gangster, you know, comes out of them. And it's like, I know. Okay. It's like, I know. Okay. I know that. I, I know that, that road and I know where it's going to take me. If, if I, if I buy into that, what's my wife going to think when I, when she hears about me going into prison? And then they see my, my record mm -hmm. and they try to dig up and make me look like I'm still still a gang member or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I'm leaving that stuff. I'm, I need to know God that, that he could defend me like he defended David or Paul. He said, if my kingdom was of this world, then my people would fight. And I'll tell you what, I'll be the first one. I'll be the first one. Give me a gun. Give me if, 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 if the kingdom is all about that. I'll be the first one. I was even, sometimes I've been tempted 
maybe I could join the French Foreign Legion or something like that. Or, or you know, where there's not an age limit, because right now I'm 45, you know? Um, so, uh, yeah, if, if I could fight and, 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 and there not be consequences, mostly between my relationship with me and God, but, but you know, I don't want to, I'm not talking about not defending children and women when they're getting abused or weaker people who can't fight for themselves. I think we should step in, Amen. you know, prayerfully, but I think we should step in and subdue if we, if we, if it's within our power. But, um, I'm, I'm talking about when it's you, your reputation, whatever, you know, you might be thought of as weak or whatever. But, so I had to, but then you even hear Navy SEALs, right? They talk about that it's a sign of weakness for you to stoop to their level mm-hmm. when they're trying to, you know, bring you into their, mm-hmm. um, suck you into that, you know? Um, and um, so um, I, I just, you know, pray, God help me because I've been praying for this guy. I've been praying for him. You know, I've been loving up on him. I hate, I hate the, the music and everything that, that he's still involved in and stuff. Um, and I'm just trying to do my job as unto the Lord. Um, our, our, one of our trucks had to go in the shop. It was mine. It was breaking down. And it was broken down before I even got it. But um, it was just kept stalling and stalling and stalling. And um, it had to go in the shop. And so we were stuck together, you know. And um, so, so anyhow, um, it took everything even just to come back to work, you know, knowing that we might get thrown together, you know. And it's like, um, but I gave all these things to God and I didn't see nothing. Neighbors. They cry. They or they they called my 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 manager. And they're like, man, these guys sound like they're killing each other. And um, but he, you know, Ryan's like he he knew. They they described the whole thing, so it wasn't like it was all on me. They said the driver, you know, he's kicking and punching um, stuff. He didn't he didn't lay a hand on me, but uh, he was just getting violent, you know. And if I was to just bite on that, we would have ended up definitely um and, and um so I'm I'm actually just like hey it's alright man you know um even later on I put my hand on his shoulder I'm like dude I you know like I care and it was from the Lord you know you, you ever want to talk about anything I knew it had to do with all kinds of different issues you know that he was going through and, and it just one little thing that I said you know, he was asking me about something and um, all I said was, I don't know. He's like, man, you don't know? You know, like, you don't know by now? I'm like, man, I don't know. You know, I don't have it memorized. You know, I'm, I'm still like new. <laughs> and he, he's, but, um, and I said, he started getting crazy anyhow. So it escalated, but I know you, you don't just blow up on somebody for something like that, you know? Um, uh, so, make a long story short, okay, um, I'm like, God, you got it, you know, help me, you know, help me to love this guy, help me to know how to handle this, you know, um, your way, you know, and, um, so I, and then I also presented it to you guys, 
in, in prayer. And uh, anyhow, the next day, he didn't even show up to work, you know. And then the next day, and I was I was ready, you know. But I'm like God, you know. Please, just, you know. Um, anyhow, um, I'm still getting. I'm still needing God to teach me and show help me because. I was taught you're weak if you don't, you know, get all gangster with folks, and that, you know that's that's a, that's I believe that's a lie because Jesus didn't act like that, you know. Jesus and he he could have sent legions, you know. I'm sure if he wanted to come down like Bruce Lee, he could have, you know, but he chose, you know, to come in the form of a lowly servant and like went beneath all of us uh, uh, as far as suffering, you know, in order to bring us up, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, I want to be conformed to his image. Amen, you know? yes. But I, I just, yeah. So anyhow, I'm thankful, you know, to be able to come and just bring this before God first and foremost and before my brothers and to see results. Now, I wasn't happy. I don't want this guy to lose his job. I don't want this guy to, to feel like he can't come back to work. You know, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't pray for any of that. I didn't pray any curses upon him, you know? Um, and I prayed for his soul. His name's Josh, you know? Um, there's a lot of things I could mention about what's, what, what might be going on in this, but, you know, um, um, Anyhow, um, I'm just I'm just thankful that God's teaching me um, how to rely upon Him for protection, and not only that, to 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 fight mm -hmm. uh, against principalities right. and powers. Yes. Yep. You know, in the name of Jesus. Um, Oh man, sometimes when you come from where you come from, it can be very tempting. True. You know, to yep. you know Respond. start. Yes. But it's it's like your pride, you know. I don't know. It's like yep, it is. It, it's yeah. something that's not of God, you know? Definitely not. And um Yeah. No, I don't want to break my wife's heart. You know, I don't wanna you know end up hurting that guy or, or or getting killed myself, you know, over something, you know, st stupid, you know. Um, anyhow, I'm just bringing some stuff out, you know. Um, but there is a testimony. I'm very thankful that God is showing me that he's there, you know, in, in, in the, um, he's reminding me because sometimes you know, I've been in those types of situations, you know, but it's been a while, you know what I mean? Since somebody's gotten like violent with me, you know? And um, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm learning, you know, how to just, how to deal with that, you know? And, uh, but he's doing it, you know, he's doing it. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. One thing that I hear the Lord telling you is do not relive a possible failure. Mm -hmm. You didn't fail. 
Don't don't worry about what you might have done in a day and a time that you can't go back to and redo. You rejoice in that God was with you in that moment and that will continue to be with you in every moment. And I don't know if you remember, we read this verse Thursday night, one of my quick slaps to the congregation. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? If you're following that which is good, this guy can't harm you. Nope. You you did what's right. So what the Lord wants you to know is rejoice in that. Yeah. Amen. Rejoice even in the fact that you had to go through it for the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's rejoice with Brother Tim, shall we? With God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wash away right now. It in heart. The heart of rejoicing that you are Never leaving him, never forsaking him, that any trial or tribulation that he has cured for the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's worship the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. By the way, that word harm means irreparable damage. Yes, Jesus. Doesn't mean you won't go through any pain. Right. <laughs> We're talking about irreparable damage. Nothing will harm you. Praise God. Somebody testify. Really care. This morning before I came to church, I just felt like, you know, I need to, to just humble myself and and say, like, okay. I'm in this situation. I'm still needing other people to help me. That doesn't take the place of God, but I need God to place the right people in my life to help me that he wants Mm -hmm. and to just be be humble and um, start thanking people as well because Mm -hmm. I was told by a bus driver, uh, hey, you know, it would help you if you're thankful. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. Um, I need to be more thankful of, you know, every day. Um, I feel that, you know, part of my, my destiny is <coughs> to go out there as I am in this moment being still blind to go out there and say, hey, you know, um, just meet people that way. And also, I think it's a testimony to many other people as well, like, hey, this guy's going out here and doing what he needs to do, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, I feel like if I were to continue to pester the state and say, like, oh, can you bring somebody here to help me or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it 
in some ways would curb God's destiny of what I'm supposed to be doing. So mm. I um I just want to walk his way. Yes. And I was praying last the other night because um I kinda in a situation where I don't know if I caused something at home or not and I'm I've been slightly like fearful over it. But um I felt like the Lord said to me, if you just take a, a little step closer to me and a little step closer to me, everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. That's it. That's the voice of God right there. Amen. Come on, let's rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you for every help. We thank you for being our ever-present help in times of trouble and every time, Lord God. We rejoice in you. We give you honor. We give you glory. Oh, God, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, the Lord is speaking. Amen. Amen. The Lord is speaking to us. That's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Help us to walk it, Lord God. Help us to walk it at every little step towards you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Someone else. Someone else. Testimony. Word from God. Uh, Sister Alice, first. Okay. You're already halfway out. So <laughs> uh, I'm going to thank God. I, I met this, this girl, um, maybe 30 years old. And right away, I started talking about God and encouraging her. And she just had such a sweet, sweet spirit. And then she left, and the person that was next to me said, this girl had a huge tumor in her head. And they've had to operate twice. And she has to go through all these treatments. But her attitude was so... God positive. God. It was she was so just uplifted and, and I, I just was like so thankful that people can go through things in this life but it doesn't mean to be down. And I just thank God for every trial that you go through you can just lift yourself up and Yes, up. Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Praise God. You had something else to say? I do have a few things to say myself. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. No, this was just actually half playful and just half. And it was, remember how you said, um, I came down and slapped folks a little bit and <laughs> put my Bible down. But, you know, Honestly, that was such a awesome. precious mm -hmm. word. So it's like, it must be the process that he's put me through. And I know I'm not the only one because I can hear some amens in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And um, when he humbles you, it's like, the little, the, if God had to give you a word that was kind of like, um, it says, it reminds me of David. He said, though the righteous, it shall be like oil, mm. you know, um, and uh, you didn't come down like some abusive, you know, the Lord, whatever that was, it was love, and yeah. I felt yeah. from Heavenly Father and Spiritual Father, you know, it was, it was, it was wonderful, 
you know, and I, it was healing. Praise God, you know, amen. And, uh, just, yeah, so amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Amen. God is good, amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Praise God. I do have a couple of things to say. The Lord dropped into my heart. Probably a little bit different than my normal style. It's all right. The Lord's been telling us don't be afraid to change things up. Amen. Uh, we don't even have to have a preaching unless the Lord had laid it up on my heart. I think we've heard quite a lot of word already. It's uh, just a couple of quick points. I will do my diligence to overextend them way beyond the limits of what they need to be. But uh, <laughs> Romans chapter 16. Uh, and again, this is going to be a little different. My, my different style, I may just talk to you. I may not teach you a whole lot. I may not preach. Um, when uh, the Spirit of God gets on me, I can't. I can't uh, decide what he's going to do, but anyway, Lord God, thank you for the word, the testimonies that we've heard here today. Lord God, let this word, this word that comes from heaven, sink into our hearts. Hallelujah, that we might walk it out. We thank you for our brothers and sisters sharing together in this place. Lord God, like iron sharpening iron, Lord God, perfecting us. Lord Jesus, and whatever else you have for us, for us, Lord God, let it sink down and fit in neat, nicely with the rest of what we've already received today. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. First thing that the Lord just wanted me to say is he's been dealing with me about this for several days. And... Uh, He's telling me right now in my heart, it's not been several days. He's only brought it up to the surface of my mind for the last several days. He's been dealing with me about this for years. And that's a simple statement that might sound obvious to some, weird to others. But it's simply this. Never get an idea. Never get your own idea of what the kingdom of God is. Don't ever, don't ever allow your own idea of what the kingdom of God is or should be influence your walk. And the addition to that is don't ever get an idea of the kingdom of God outside of the word and the spirit. That, that's, that's the truth. Let God tell you what his kingdom should be. And you say, well, yeah, I mean, there's a, I, I, I'm feeling and seeing a lot of agreement to that statement. Mm -hmm. And some of you kind of have your heads cocked like a dog that doesn't understand what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Uh, but what the Lord's trying to say is, even though some of us, many of us, can agree with this statement, it, it still is what we do often. Well, I, I think a church service should go this way. Well, you know, that's because a lot of times we think a church service is the kingdom of God. Church service is not the kingdom of God. Right. Amen. This building is not really the house of God. Not really. It's only the house of God because the people of God are in it, worshiping the Lord in it. Amen. And we've consecrated this space right. and to do that. Right. And so, yes, it, we, we legitimately can call this sanctuary. 
But it's not the sanctuary. Right. We can call it the house of God, but it's not the house of God. We can call it the house of prayer because we come in here and pray, but it's not the temple in heaven. We know that. We know that. But it's, it's where we touch heaven. It shouldn't be the only place we touch heaven. It should be the place we touch heaven most often as the larger group. And I shouldn't even say most often because we can get this same group down at the park and still touch heaven down there. Or we could all just go out into the front yard and touch God out there. Or we can all take a dip in the pond and watch out for the snapping turtles and touch God out there. doesn't matter where we are. I believe Jeremiah, up to his armpits in muck, was touching Jesus. Said, well, Jesus wasn't around in those days. Oh, yes, he was. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The spirit of the living God that infilled that body that was prepared for him was right there with Jeremiah. Amen. The salvation of God was right there with Jeremiah. Don't tell me Jesus wasn't there. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. Praise God. I think I, I mean I know for a fact that when Paul and Silas were in another jail, many miles away and many years away from that, they were definitely touching Jesus. Amen. Praise God. When Peter was in his jail, he was touching Jesus. When Paul wrote at least three or four letters that we know of from jail, he had to have been touching Jesus to inspire him to write the letters in the first place that we're still reading today after 1,900 years. Right. Inspired by the Holy Ghost, he's touching Jesus. Don't tell me you can't be in some tough places and not touch Jesus. Oh, man, that's a whole other message. But anyway, you know, I'm looking at Romans chapter 16, verse 19. It says, For your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And I'm really focusing on the last half of that verse. But yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. In other words, what he's saying here at the beginning is that your obedience is known. Everybody understands how, how well you're doing and, and how much you're, you're following and, and this is, and by the way, he's not saying anything against that stuff. And neither am I. But he's saying, yes, that's great. Paul says in another place, I understand, even in my absence, you're obeying me. That's great. And he says, that's in Philippians. He says in 1 uh, Corinthians, be followers of me as I follow Christ. And that's great. But he always follows these kind of statements up with a bigger statement than that. He follows this one up with, but I want you to really focus in. I mean, is this simple enough for us? Yeah. I want you to focus in on that which is good. But I want you to be super basic when it comes to evil stuff. In Philippians, he says, I want you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. In 1 Corinthians 11, he says, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ. Yeah. Right? So no matter how much we're doing what's right, no matter how many good works we're doing, just like the Ephesian church, you're doing all kinds of great things, but you forgot the reason why you're doing them, which is me. And it was so important, he says, repent of that or I'll remove your candlestick. That's how important that is, is to not just be doing the work, but stay connected to the reason you're doing it. And the other side of this thing right here is he's saying, don't, you don't have to know 
everything about, every device of Satan. Now, Paul does, I'm saying that on purpose. You Bible scholars are saying, ah, pastor. No, 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 I understand. I'm saying it on purpose because Paul does say, and we are not ignorant of his devices, right? Right. Oh, we, we should understand what the devil's doing mm-hmm. when he's coming at us. Mm-hmm. When he's attacking us, if we don't know, we, we might think God's punishing us. Mm-hmm. And the devil's laughing the whole time saying, look at this guy. He thinks it's God kicking him. Ha right. <laughs> ha. You know? Mm-hmm. And we're just going, oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm such a bad person. The devil's like, yeah, you are. And he's the one whispering to us the whole time. But we got to know it's the devil when it's the devil. Amen? Amen. So, well, how do I know that? You dig into the Spirit. You get accustomed to the things of the Spirit. And you understand that a harsh word can come from God and a harsh word can come from the devil. You got to know which is which. Because the devil knows how to quote Scripture real good. True. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You gotta know when the word's coming, and just because it sounds like Bible, it ain't always Jesus. True. It's not always the Holy Ghost speaking to your heart. Sometimes it's that angel of light that counterfeits so well that unless you look at the finer details, unless you feel the spirit itself behind it, you won't know. So here Paul's saying, I want you to be uh, very very proactive, if you will. But I would have you wise, intimate, understand all the details about the good things of God, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the devil, very simple. Very simple. What he's telling us is pay attention to the intricate things of God. We don't need to know every in and out detail of what the devil does. All we need to know is it's bad. Amen? Amen. The devil's bad. You don't have to study Satanism to know what's wrong. You don't have to study witchcraft to know there are certain symbols and there are certain phrases and things that make your spirit go, oof. Listen, we have 50 people a day come out and pull up their car right in front of this church. They stop there for any kind of reason. Pour out their coffee, readjust their seatbelt, get a bee out of their car, you know, stretch their legs, reset their GPS, whatever. I mean, there's a, there's a million reasons, but every once in a while, this happened just the other day. I happened to be walking through here, and I was just talking to Jesus. I wasn't even really praying. I just happened to be walking through. And out of the corner of my eye, I see a car out there. I turn and look. I said, in the name of Jesus, I return every curse you're trying to put on this church. That car burned out of here. Amen. Listen, I'm not saying that to brag. Me and Tim were out walking the other day, and there was a guy coming down the street, and we're praying over City Hall. He went. He crossed the street, and he was going to... Cr- he was going to pass us on the other side of the street and went, it's what, didn't he? Yep. I, I told Brother Tim, I said, he didn't even want to be the same proximity to what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. There's some devil inside of that guy. Yes, he needs to be saved. But if he wants to keep a hold of that devil, what can we do for him? Nothing. If, he's not, if he felt something about what was going on there, and there was something inside of the human, not the devil, the human that said, I don't want to get rid of this devil. You know, and this devil can't do anything about that, so I got to go the other way. Mm-hmm. Yep. Listen, we, we don't have any fear of the enemy. Right. 
We don't need to dig into all the stuff to try to find out all this stuff. To find out that, oh, after all, it is very evil. Yeah. Now, Paul said, I'm not ignorant of his device. I know the way he does things. I know when it's the devil coming at me. I know when it was the messenger of Satan smacking me around. I knew it. That's the reason why I asked God to take it out. Right? Right? He, he knew what it was. He knew it wasn't God. But sometimes we, find, we feel like we've got to learn every finer detail and, and really dig into all the horrible things. And, oh, did you hear the thing about Disney? And, oh, come on. If there's any spirit-filled person in this room and you didn't already know Disney was corrupt from its core, did you really need some gay agenda report to pop out to let you know it was really that bad? Come on, those of us in the know by the Spirit already knew it by the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Praise God. I didn't need that detail to know Disney's a horrible, evil corporation. Mm-hmm. Besides that, if you've been in this church any time, you've heard me talk about it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't need the world to tell me what the Spirit already told me. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know all the finer details behind the scenes. The devil's evil. The devil's trying to kill me. He's trying to kill my kids. He's trying to kill my family. Right? Praise God. All we have to do is be wise. Wise. I know this is a straightforward word. And it's easy. And it's simple. It's something we can grasp a hold of. Folks, you don't need to dig into all your family problems. Come on, you don't need to be calling up all your family and saying, did you hear what so-and-so said about you? (laughs) You know, they were down in the corner and -and so-and-so overheard them talking about you. And then they came and told me. And so I felt led of the Lord. I needed to tell you. Got led of the devil to be a busybody and a gossip is what you did. I don't know why I'm talking about this, folks. Just let me flow with the Holy Ghost, all right? Don't resist the word in the name of Jesus. Come on, we don't need to dig into every little family squabble. You need to turn to Jesus and say, save some souls. Save their life, Lord God. It don't matter what they said about me. It don't matter what my reputation is. It doesn't matter. Nobody wants to be my friend anymore. Jesus is my friend. Amen. Who's God? <laughs> reading a report the other day that said... Loneliness, you know, can actually make your brain swell. It's like, well, is that why I have such a swollen head? <laughs> no, I'm not only I obviously have my, my family and I have you guys. But sometimes this walk feels very lonely. And I, can, I can tell you, I've never been away from Jesus, you know. He's always been there. He's Amen. always been there. If mother and father forsake me, I know he won't. You just have to be wise about that good thing. So back to my statement, and I got another one before we quit today. Never think, never have an idea about what the kingdom of God should be. You know, the kingdom of God should have the... You know, last uh, last couple of years ago, I had a, a man come right up to me and say, 
this is the way it's supposed to work. It's supposed to be this, and this, and that's it. And I said, you're wrong according to the Bible. Now, that wasn't me being a smart aleck, showing you all the word, showing him all the word I knew. But he was trying to tell me that what, how, and how we were operating was not operating by the Spirit. It's just like, I only did it because the Spirit told me to. And besides that, it's in the Word. I, I wasn't reading the Bible one day and says, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do it like that. I didn't even do that. We were just going along our merry way, doing the things that we always had been doing before. And the Lord said, let's change things up. Come on, let's change it up. And I, I got someone in my face saying, that's not the way it works. Now, that's not the way it works for you because you ain't going to let it work any other way. I know. <laughs> My Lord. You got to just say ouch if you can't say anything else, you know. <laughs> Lord God, help us to not get our own ideas about what you should be doing. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we know. We know we're not doing things now the way they did in the book of Acts. And I might surprise you with this. Neither do we have to. There are some things that we should be doing that they did in the book of Acts. But not necessarily everything. That was the new church. That was the fledgling church. The baby church. Amen? We are the end times church. We are not supposed to look exactly like the church in the book of Acts. But I tell you what, we can learn a lot from them. We can learn a lot about how they do things. Amen? Amen? I think miracle signs and wonders still should be following them that believe. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And if that's not happening, we need to be examining ourselves. Let me just give you the hint. We ought to be examining ourselves. Yeah. Let's not just be a religion, folks. Right. Let's not just be another church. And let's not be a church that tries to compare themselves with another church. Is that making any sense? Yep, yep. Let's not just be another church, but let's also not be a church that's lifting ourselves up saying we're better than other churches. Yes, that's right. That's right. Hallelujah. God. Amen. I'm sorry, whatever that thing is is bugging me. Thank you. It's distracting me. I'm glad it's not a roach. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just, you can delete that part. Anyway. God help us. God help us. God help us. Don't get an idea of what you think the kingdom of God should look like. Praise God. If he has us, all put on white robes and stand on the bluff overlooking the Blackstone River and sing Kumbaya. If he, tells us, if he tells us to do that, let's just do it. Okay? I don't really think he's going to tell us to do that, but let's just do it. I mean, I don't really think he's going to tell us to, to wear orange robes and shave our heads except for one little piece and go sit in a, a circle of flowers out in front either. But, hey, if he tells us to do it, let's do it. I know some of you are going, oh, he's going to make us do that. No, I'm not. No. And Jesus ain't going to make you do it either. That's right, but he will lead us and guide us by his spirit into some strange places, folks. So, well, what are they? I don't know. They're strange places. I've never been there either. The kingdom of God, the church, the body of Christ, 
the bride of Christ. The Bible talks a lot about these things. We can get some good hints. Like I was saying before, the church in the, uh, in the book of Acts, Stephen calls uh, it during, it, it, while Luke was writing that story, he's telling the story of Stephen, who was given an Old Testament story, right? And he says, the church in the wilderness. So while Stephen is talking about the church in the wilderness, we don't even think of that as the church out there in the wilderness, do we? And yet he called it the church, the gathering, the ecclesia in the wilderness. They were a gathering. Moses wrote down the laws of God and says, he talks about the holy mikrah. In other words, the holy convocations, the holy rehearsals, the holy gatherings. There's something about when the people of God gather. It's holy. It's not about where they gather so much as the gathering. It's not so much about a location. Because I'm going to be me and all the cells in my body are going to be contributing to me whether or not I'm leaning up against this post or if I'm out swimming in the pond. We are the cells in the body, amen? Amen. And we're going to be the cells in the body no matter where we are and how we're doing it. Thank you, Jesus. Enough said. The next thing I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk about here today was don't base your righteousness on another's. Amen. Unless that other is Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Don't get any ideas outside of the word and spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And don't get any righteousness. And this is twofold. This is twofold. The righteousness of God, we know, is where we need to get our righteousness. We know, according to Isaiah, that our righteousness is nothing but filthiness. Right. Right? Yep. It's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to tether to. Mm-hmm. We know according to Luke that it is the Lord's good pleasure, it's the Father's good pleasure to give us his kingdom, right? Yes. Yep. His kingdom of righteousness. These are things that he, he, it gives him pleasure. We also know according to Romans 14, but, but the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 So the Lord just simply wants us to see, don't base your righteousness on someone else's. Don't, I mean, I don't think anybody's necessarily doing this, but don't look at me and and, and use me as your standard, good or bad. Don't use anybody else in this room as your standard, good or bad. Don't be using Billy Graham or the Pope or Kenny Carpenter or David Bernard. As your standard. This is what too many people are doing. Don't use powerful men of God like Dr. Jeffers, Jeff Arnold, wonderful teachers like Raymond Woodward, Chester Wright. Listen, we don't use these people as our standard. Well, I heard Brother Jeffers one time talking about watching a basketball game, so I guess it must be okay to watch basketball. Who said? Who said it was okay? If the Lord tells you not to waste your time with it, it's a sin to you. Mm-hmm. Well, Brother Jay, maybe the Lord said it's okay for him to watch. Right. I never read in the Bible that it was wrong to go to a sport event. Right? Mm-hmm. right? right. It's never brought out in a positive light. You agree with that one? <laughs> it's never been really brought out in some positivity like, yes, yeah, sports are good. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the mainstream evangelical Christian world today... 
It's like the only thing we can do. We can't smoke, we can't drink, we can't go to movies, can't dance, can't play pool, can't play. Hey, we can play sports! We can go out there and kill each other on the field! I have some good friends that like watching boxing. And there's something in my spirit that says, Man, I can't say anything righteous about a couple of muscle-bound dudes slugging each other, and sometimes these guys kill each other. Yeah. I know it doesn't happen every round uh, or every match or even every year, but every once in a while, some guy will hit another guy just right, and the other guy will fall down dead. Yeah. And we like watching that stuff. Okay, now I'm going to step on the hockey player's toes. You know, Sister Roland, watch out for this one. You know, remember, remember the hockey back in the 70s? Every one of those guys had gap tooth. You know? Why? Because they were slinging pucks at each other, but they were also slinging fists at each other. Right? It was, you wanted to see a hockey game where people are going to start slugging it out, you know, ripping their shoulders, their, their, their jerseys over their shoulders, right? And just whacking them. Come on, that was fun to see, wasn't it? Yeah, sure. How about a race car, NASCAR, stuff like that? You, you know, you, you want your favorite guy to win, but... You almost kind of want to see somebody crash, too. <laughs> Ooh, that's horrible. Man, I'm glad I watched this one. There's something about it. You know, most of these sports, most of these sports are something to do with warfare anyway. That's what sports are. I mean, you think about a sport like football. It's all about warfare. You got two lines. You got a line of scrimmage. That comes right from warfare. Yeah. You know, you got two guys squared off. You got offense, off uh, defense, and offense, right? You got two two groups of burly men smashing together in like an old form of Viking shield wall warfare, right? Yeah. And you're trying to get some prize. It doesn't matter what it was. It could be a feather. It doesn't matter what it actually is that you're trying to get to the goal. It's just a symbol of you've won the battle. <laughs> and hopefully, no one died that day. How many, how many times a year do we hear about uh, some football player getting injured? Yeah. Every year. There's not a year that goes by without one of them getting smacked up. <coughs> Listen, I'm not telling any of you it's wrong to watch sports. I'm just telling you, don't base your righteousness or your availability or what you give yourself into because you heard someone else does it. <laughs> now let's flip that around. <laughs> if you know someone is stumbling... Because you have a liberty in your life. Read. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Read Romans chapter 14, right? Read some of these chapters like this that tell you how to deal with your brother and sister. And if you feel like you're big and bad and you're, and you're able to handle something, you think about who might be watching you. Who's stumbling and struggling and dealing with stuff that is just taking them down into sin. Because you said it was okay. Because the Bible never said it was wrong. We're not talking about blatant sin now. We're not talking about blatant sin. We're talking about stuff that's not really covered in the manual. The Holy Ghost fills in all the rest of those cracks. Amen? Amen. And believe me, the Holy Ghost doesn't talk about everything. I mean, the Word of God doesn't talk about everything, right? Listen, I know when I was 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old, 19 years old. The Lord telling me the whole time, tapping me on the shoulder, quit smoking those cigarettes. There, I looked. I ain't a single place that even hints to smoking stuff in that Bible. 
Yeah. There's not, there's not, I mean, except for the incense in the holy place, you know, and of course, burning incense has been mentioned good and bad in the Bible, but I'm talking about actually inhaling leaf smoke into your life. I've never seen anything that it was bad. And I would argue with God. Oh, come on, Lord, you made the plant. But that's the same argument that the, the potheads use. It's the leaves of the trees, healing of the nations, right? No, cannabis is not a tree, so get off your high horse, you know? It's the same kind of argument. It's a worldly argument. Can we agree it's a worldly argument? What I knew, though, is God told me not to. And I tried to tell God he wasn't really telling me that. And I tried to tell him for years, you're not really telling me that. You're not really telling me that. You're not really telling me that. Now the truth is, is that monkey on my back was saying, God's not telling you that. And, and, and oh, by the way, you can quit me anytime you want. Right? Anybody ever heard that monkey? Yeah. You know how to make that monkey a liar? Try to quit. <laughs> Oh, I, I stopped. Uh, I, there's a lot of things I stopped in my life. I stopped cold. There was one day I did it, another day I didn't. Mm -hmm. But when it came down to this stupid tobacco stick, mm -hmm. man, that one was hard. For me, might not have been hard for you. Who, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't know how many of you smoke. That's not make the share time just right yet, okay? But for me, it was hard. I laid it down. Picked it back up, laid it down, picked it back up. I felt like Mark Twain, right? Smoke was easy, uh, quitting smoking is the easiest thing in the world. I've done it a thousand times. <coughs> Anybody ever heard down? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how easy it is. You just keep picking it back up and quitting again. Every time I throw a butt out, you know, I quit smoking for the moment, right? It's easy. As long as I have a full pack. I can't tell you how many packs. I heard the same story from my dad, so it must be a generational thing. He used to say the same stories. How many packs I crumpled up and threw out my car window? Yes, I littered. I don't do that anymore. Smoke or litter? But I'd be driving down the highway, pulling a cigarette out, just get disgusted with myself, throw it out the window. Before I was at the end of the road, I'm stopping at the nearest convenience store to buy another pack. It's hard, but I knew Jesus was telling me not to. And I'd be like, well, what about brother so-and-so? He seems like he's perfectly saved, and I know he smokes because he's blowing his last puff out right before he opens the door to go into church. And you can smell it all over him when he walks into the sanctuary. Someone smells like a chimney, and you know... the. I'm not going to tell you who I'm thinking of. There's actually been several people I've known down through the years um, that, you know, they, they were pitching uh, their, 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 uh, their leftovers out in the parking lot before they came to the church until my parents finally put up a no-smoking sign on the door, and uh, my mom made it clear, I don't want any people smoking in the parking lot, you know. <laughs> and so that, that kind of stopped after a while. But yeah, we saw several people doing that. It's like, they seem saved. They seem like they love Jesus and they're winning souls and they're growing in the Lord and all that. So, yeah, you know, just like when Jesus was talking to, uh, to Peter, hey, you're going to be bound, right? When you're old. Of course, the first thing Peter asked, what about, the, what about that guy? Don't worry about him. What if I let him live forever? 
What's that to you? Now, sometimes Jesus will talk to us about that. Don't you worry about that guy. If I let him live forever, I, if I let him smoke and then take him up in the rapture too, what's that to you? I'm telling you to quit smoking. Well, God's not a respecter of persons. You're right. No scripture is a private interpretation. You're right. You know what else is not a private interpretation? No word of prophecy. By the way, that's all in the Bible, right? No, no scripture, scriptural interpretation. No word of prophecy. And God is not a respecter of persons. Those are just truths. Yet, God knows me better than you know me, right? And God knows what I can handle and what I can't. And God tells me if I'm bothering someone else, quit. You can read that stuff in Romans 14 again. Read a little bit about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We're not going to read those verses just for time's sake. But the Lord says, don't base your righteousness on someone else's. All right? I heard years and years ago, uh, I, I've talked a lot about this man over the years, but Brother Fred Gill, you know, heard that he would get up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And so I, I fashioned myself a great enough man of God that I could do that too. Yeah. First <laughs> night, yeah, I don't know if I'm that holy. <laughs> you know? <clears throat> Just because you heard a great man of God doing something, don't, don't mean God's telling you to do it. Right. A man of God told me one time, uh, God didn't tell you that. I was going to fast. I was going to fast for about three days over some issue. He told me straight up, God didn't tell you to fast. Straight up. And I was like, oh. Now, even men of God have to be corrected sometimes because we get these ideas. Okay, I got this problem and I'm going to fast it away. Or I'm going to throw some money at it and it'll go away. Or I'm, I'm going to pray it away. Or I'm going to, I'm going to work it away. Or I'm going, to, I'm going to ask the church to pray it away. Or, and the Lord is saying, <laughs> just do it the way I tell you to do it. Amen. Yeah. Deal with it. Yeah. Deal with the way I'm telling you to deal with it. Just because you heard the church down the street or, you know, the biggest church in the UPC did it this way. That's how they won 60 zillion souls last year. That's not the way we need to necessarily go and win souls. Right? Yeah. We just got to find out what God is telling us to do in doing it. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So just because someone you know is doing something that, you know, maybe a little off the radar, doesn't mean you're allowed to do it. Mm-hmm. And if you're having an offense, if you're having a problem, you can always go to that brother. Talk to them. Talk it out. Yeah. In the spirit, God's going to make it right. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you're struggling with seven-day fasts, you're trying to, you're, you're, you're day two into a seven-day fast, and you're saying, I just can't break this barrier. Uh, but pastor, you know, he does seven-day fasts. Mm-hmm. Hey, what did God tell you to do? Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about a church fast now. If God says, folks, we're all doing a seven-day fast, I guarantee you, he'll give you the strength to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because God called the church to that. But if you find out I'm doing a fast or something like that and you're trying to match me, don't match me. Go to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Have him tell you what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. There's no room for excuses. There's no room for copping out either, right? Yeah. There's no room for self-righteousness when we can understand to not think you know what the kingdom of God should be and when you're not basing your righteousness on someone else other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. I know this is a little bit of a strange message today. 
But this is just real practical information. Mm -hmm. I know it's not been real exciting, but it's practical. Listen, we need to look to the Word and the Spirit, and we need to look and keep our faces on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And by the way, if you think I'm saying all this because I'm hiding something, my life's an open book, folks. My wife's life is an open book. Ask us. Okay? Ask us. I'll go around talking about us behind her back. I don't know if that's happening. Just the Lord told me to say it. Okay? Ask us. You think we're into something we shouldn't be? Ask us. Amen? Amen. It's easy enough. Talk to your brother and sister. Don't talk about them. Talk to him. Amen. 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 Stand with me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord God, I'm praying that your people receive a vision of what you want this assembly to be. Lord God, we're asking you for the larger vision of what, how you see the end time church to be. How you see the kingdom of God in operation, in righteousness. In these last days, Lord God. We're asking you most of all, Lord God, that you would give us a vision of your face, oh God. That we would look upon you, that we would gaze upon you, and we would begin to become like you once again. Lord God, as we just lift our hearts to you, to lift our, our spirits to you, lift our minds and our whole being to you today, Lord God. In worship and adoration. Lord God, we're asking you to reconnect in our hearts by the Word and by the Spirit. Hallelujah. Connect us in this place by the Word and by the Spirit. Hallelujah, Lord God, as we join together in unity and harmony in the Holy Ghost. Lord God, may we see you. Hallelujah, Lord God, may we cut out our ineffectual habits. Lord God, may we cut out the things that are useless. Lord God, may we cut away the things that are taking us down. Hallelujah, Lord God. And just move the way you want us to move. To operate the way you want us to operate, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord God. Without having a government tell us how to do it. Or an organization tell us how to do it. Or even a pastor tell us how to do it. Lord God, that we can have you show us and unify us in the Holy Ghost. Lord God, that you can lead us all together. Lord God, hallelujah. Oh, Lord God, encourage us today to chase after you with, with hungry, insatiable appetites, Lord God, to hunger and thirst after your righteousness. Hallelujah. For your name's sake, oh God. Not for ours. Oh, Lord God, we lay our reputation. Oh, God, we lay our lives, our resources, our families. Our entire church, we lay it down on the altar today. Lord God, we lay it on this sacrificial altar and we give you thanksgiving. Can we give the Lord thanks today? Hallelujah. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks, Lord God. I give you thanks. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. God, I want to know you. I want to know how you want me to do it. I want you uh, to tell me how to conduct my life, how to lead my family. Lord God, how to operate in the church, how to operate at my job, how to operate in my neighborhood. Oh, Lord God, how to 
how to show you in every situation without fear, without favor, Lord God. I believe the sin. I believe the sin, Lord God. I'm letting you in right now. I receive your word. I receive your admonition. I receive your instruction. I receive your vision. I receive your righteousness. I receive your understanding and wisdom and revelation of your kingdom, oh God. Lord God, I know it's your good pleasure to give me the kingdom. So I receive revelation of what it looks like in your eyes for this day and age, for this region. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, 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 Jes